welcome to this podcast by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research, NISA. I'm Paola Buonadonna. Recent reports have highlighted the high levels of discrimination and harassment suffered by the UK's transgender population, resulting in high rates of mental distress, self-harm and suicide. An ESA report for the Department for Education, published today, looks at what can be done to improve the experiences of trans people accessing child and family social services. Nathan Hudson-Sharp, the report's author, is sitting with me now. Hello, Nathan. Hi. Nathan, first of all, can you give me a definition of what we mean by uh, transgender? And, And do we have any reliable figures as to the size of the transgender population in the UK? So transgender, which is often abbreviated to trans, is really an umbrella term to describe people whose gender identity and or gender expression differs from the sex they were assigned to at birth. So there's a mismatch between their biological sex and their gender identity, and this is something which is called and diagnosed as gender dysphoria. It's sort of most commonly perceived and understood as individuals identified as male, transgender to female, or female to male, but for some people their gender identity doesn't really fit into that neat binary. Um, so transgender actually covers quite a wide spectrum of gender non-conformity and gender variance that exhibits both a sort of a complexity and a fluidity. Um, there aren't really any current uh, official estimates of the transgender population. In it must be difficult because of the fluidity to actually put a number on it. Absolutely. So there have been attempts in the past, but because of this sort of complexity, it's difficult to something to capture it as, as neatly as some sort of surveys would like. Um, we've had estimates which have ranged from sort of 65,000 in 2005 up until about 300,000 in 2009. Uh, most recently we were up to about 650,000, uh, that was in 2015, so that's about 1% UK population exhibiting some degree of gender variance. So while we haven't got very good estimates of the size of the transgender population, we do know quite a bit about their experiences. There's been quite a lot of survey research and qualitative research which shows that transgender people are a highly discriminated and marginalised group in society. Um, Stonewall's recent trans report, as well as our own uh, review into LGBT inequality back in 2015, um, identified trans people experience sort of high levels of inequality in a whole range of areas. Uh, this includes in terms of hate crime, harassment, mental health, um, health service treatment and other things like employment discrimination. And specifically, what is the experience of trans people when they turn to public services? I think for most of us, public services really are a lifeline of support, but the experiences of transgender people have been identified to be quite different. Um, Their experiences have been identified as quite fraught with discrimination, and there's been plenty of research and reports out there that have said that um, trans people tend to experience uh, transphobia in all types of public services. This is why our report was commissioned. So in uh, 2016, the Women and Equalities Committee did a report on transgender equality. And in response to that, the government said that they're going to commission some research to really look at each public service and see what kind of uh, education and training public service professionals need uh, in order to support and then to uh, give proper services to transgender people. To have better interactions with this particular population. Absolutely. And a lot of it is really about that... um, quite simple understanding of what trans is and then it goes on to actually thinking about how we can best support trans people and their very sort of um, specific sort of discriminated marginalised experiences. And this is where uh, my report come in. So the DfE responded um, to the government's commitment and they commissioned this research to look specifically at the education and training that child and family social workers have. What did you find out? 
Um, the headline find of the report really is that the majority of child and family social workers have very little educational training on gender variance and transgender issues generally. Um, that's not to say there isn't good practice in education, but it certainly doesn't seem to be widespread. It's much more likely that it's concentrated in particular sort of regions, localities, mm. and particular individuals or particular professionals and educators. Okay, the consequence of that is really we have social workers um, making uninformed judgments about gender variance, labelling parental support of, uh, sort of gender variant young people as abuse and not really giving parents the type of uh, access and support and resources they need to help them understand sort of their child's experiences. Um, social workers play a really key role in family mediation, being a key resource of information, and facilitating treatment of pathways and tackling things like discrimination. If social workers aren't given this underlying education and training, that isn't something they're necessarily equipped to do for transgender people. I, I think it was um, absolutely clear that the profession is very, very up for the challenge in promoting transgender equality. Uh, throughout the research, as well as presenting the research afterwards, um, everyone I come across the profession are really keen to help develop and access these resources to improve services. So, so they recognise there is a problem at the moment? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's, it's not an easy criticism uh, sometimes to be told, you know, you're not doing great in this area, and the profession really work up for the challenge in every, in every aspect. What was the message that you got from those involved? What, what do they need in order to progress and, and, and to offer a better service? I think a clear message is that the uh, profession need resources, they need support, um, but this is something which they certainly can't do alone and this is something that everyone who took part in the research realised that they need support from government in two main ways and that really is in terms of investment and leadership. And what, do, what do we mean by investment first of all? Uh, Just more money or what? I, I, in the first instance, research definitely. As it currently stands, there is a, a complete lack of transgender specific research, which is depriving the child and family, um, child and family social work profession of an evidence base in which they can really develop best practice. So before we even talk about, obviously we know the profession is under pressure anyway, numbers are dwindling, uh, the, 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 there's a lot of other issues that might make them less effective, but instead of saying we need more money to hire more social workers, first of all we need more money to make, to commission research, to understand the scale of, of the issue. Absolutely, yeah, and I think this is something which applies across uh, public sector professions. So really I think it means uh, government has to act upon its commitment to promote transgender equality by ensuring other government departments like the Department of Health, like the MOJ, commission the type of research that the DfE did and to better understand the gaps and knowledge of public sector professionals in supporting transgender people. Mm -hmm. And then you said that, that there was another thing that the government needed to do. Yeah, absolutely, and that, and that is leadership. Ever since the government announced its intention to reform the Gender Recognition Act, um, there's been a really sort of full public, public debate in the media about transgender mm -hmm. issues. I mean, at best, this has been informative. At its worst, it's been completely toxic. I mean, this week's gender crate debate on Channel 4 really was a prime example of that. Um, I think it's the response of the government to really challenge the prejudicial nature of current debate as it first steps to sort of highlight the level of discrimination and its damaging consequences. G give, me, give me a sense of why do we think the debate has been toxic? What, what's been wrong with the debate? I think a lot of it has been quite highly sensationalised. I think a lot mm. of it has really depicted trans people as some sort of public enemy. Mm. Um, there's been lots of, um, lots of issues about how if you give transgender people rights it somehow infringes on the rights of other groups mm. um, obviously there's debate to be had and there's voices to be listened to on either side mm -hmm. but I think we need to get to a stage where we're talking about facts rather than mm -hmm. you know caricatures and stereotypes
The challenge for the newly appointed Minister for Women and Equalities, Penny Mordaunt, is therefore to offer that leadership and to take a stand and show that it really is to coin a tagline from Stonewall, time to come out for trans equality. Well, this is all we have time for today. You can find the full report as well as Nathan's blog on this issue on our website at www.niesr.ac.uk. For now, goodbye.